Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Orca Nerd Podcast. Our guest today is lead researcher for the Transient Killer Whale Research Project. He has also been one of the lucky few to see the rare Type D killer whales. And I'd like to welcome back Josh McGinnis. Thank you so much for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me. So the last time we talked, um, we talked about your work with the transient orcas and also the ID cataloging. How have the last few months been with you since we last talked, and how are the transients doing? Actually, it's been actually oh, really great. Um, we were, um, we've had some great encounters uh, the end of summer season. Um, we actually encountered two different transient groups um, just outside our research base. And uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. We got to spend some time watching them hunt. And uh, uh, yeah, it's been good. The transients seem to be doing really well. Um, we have also published a paper on a brand new hunting behavior that should be coming out this November. So we're very excited about that. Um, yeah. Fantastic. And I also seen that you guys, um, have a GoFundMe page for, um, some of your newer equipment. I heard that you guys just got a, a new boat. Yeah. So we were very lucky um, while down in Antarctica, um, I was doing some presentations for Lindblad National Geographic on killer whales. And I got to meet a very nice gentleman who decided to, um, help us out and, uh, he uh, donated through his foundation to us, and we were able to get a research vessel, which was super important, um, especially trying to get on the water on our own has been difficult the last few years. Um, and uh, yeah, so now we're just kind of trying to get everything sorted with gear and equipment that we need and um, trying to, you know, with maintenance costs and that to try to get out and actually continue our field work throughout the fall and winter. Oh man, that's amazing. Well, that was a good time to meet that gentleman. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, it was pretty awesome. Actually, we've become pretty good friends since. Oh, that's fantastic. And so before we dive into the um, type D killer whales, which is the topic of this uh, podcast, can you take me through um, or take us through the other types of orca? Yeah, so uh, globally, um, as far as we know, there's uh, 10 ecotypes. So ecotypes really kind of is a, a scientific term uh, for basically a form of killer whale. It's not necessarily a subspecies or a species. Um, it's basically just um, looking at um, a type of orca. We really don't know what they are. It's a kind of a placeholder term. Um, so t the other kinds of orcas. So in the Atlantic Ocean, there's um, a type 1, a type 2. Um, and these are, uh, different kinds of foraging behavior these killer whales use to, and different prey, um, that they specialize on. So for instance, um, if you, if you know the famous orca Keiko, uh, Free Willy, uh, was an Icelandic killer whale, um, that specialized in herring. Um, there's also killer whales in the Atlantic that specialize in marine mammals, similar to like the transients that we see in British Columbia and Alaska and the Northeastern Pacific. Um, and then if you come over to British Columbia, of course, we have the resident orcas, um, you know, the southern residents, uh, J-Pod, K-Pod, and L-Pod, or the northern residents. These are salmon-eating specialists. Um, we also have the offshore orcas, which uh, primarily um, forage also what we believe to be on fish. Um, and shark seems to be the most common observed or um, observation observed prey for offshore orcas. Now they live way off the outer coast, so um, their distribution's a bit different. So, but their overlap with the residents is still. Uh, but they also may eat uh, marine mammals. Uh, it's just you know more studies are needed. We rarely see those ones. These of orcas, course. yeah. And then we have the transients, which are you know the mammal hunting orcas. Um, now the southern hemisphere, though. In, the Antarctic and the Southern Ocean, um, we've got five different kinds of orca that have been described. Uh, we have the type uh, A's, which are these open ocean, um, sometimes they come within the, the pack ice, uh, but they're the largest form of killer whale. Um, they can get to like 31 feet long and uh, they're specialized in minke whales and large cetaceans. And um, 
they're believed to be um, distributed throughout the Southern Ocean and following, you know, prey sources. When the ice starts to come into the, uh, the austral summer, um, then, the, you know, the killer whales start to, to, to shift north. Now you have the type Bs, uh, which are, there's two types of Bs. Uh, type B1, it was called pack ice orcas or pack ice killer whale. And then we have a little type B, which is the Gurulash killer whale. Uh, they both look similar, but um, in comparison to the typical black and white killer whale, they have more of a yellow color from the diatoms that uh, they get on their skin, which is a type of algae. Um, so they have this yellow coloration, brown yellow coloration, and um, and they uh, the big type bees or these pack ice orcas um, are seal specialists, and they are sim- similar to transients. Um, they prefer seals, uh, weddell seals, though, in their case, and they use a specialized technique of wave washing to, uh, we use a, basically a wave to wash seals off an ice flow, um, which is a very complex form of foraging behavior. Now, the little type bees are basically penguin specialists. These guys um, are, the girl ash killer whales are uh, or the type B2s are called, um, are, tech, are typically found in the Gurulash Strait, which is a little uh, area uh, in the Western Antarctic Peninsula. Um, and they seem to be the most observations, uh, has been penguins, actually. I got to observe them hunt penguins on a number of occasions. Um, wow. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic to see them take, um, they, they actually go after gentoos and deli penguins um, and uh, chin straps. So it was really interesting to see the three types of penguin that these orcas, these orcas hunt. Um, and then the last two, you get the type C, or which we call the Ross Sea killer whale. They're the smallest type of orca. Um, and they're typically found on Eastern, in Eastern Antarctica and McMurdo Sound and uh, the Antarctic, just over in the, um, in the Ross Sea on the eastern side of Antarctica. Uh, and they are fish eaters. They specialize in toothfish and silverfish. Um, and then we also have uh, the type D, which is, uh, well, a poorly known form of orca that we also believe to be fish eaters. Very nice. And then what are some of the physical differences between the type, the type D orca? So type D's are kind of unique. Um, you know, they were first discovered in the 1950s from a, a rare stranding actually off New Zealand, uh, where about 50 whales actually stranded. And, uh, you know, at back then killer whales were just killer whales and, you know, morphology, what an animal looks like can, can be quite different between within a species. So you can look at, for instance, you look at leopards or, you know, jaguars, which are, you know, these big cats that have a, a black form or a white form and, or a, a regular form coloration that, you know, it's just a lack of pigment from a protein that's missing. So if you look at some in killer whales back then, it wasn't really, people didn't really dive enough into the morphology to really think it through that there could be different species or, or potentially different forms of killer whale but that it may have been just an animal with a, a unique look um, that, you know, it was different from others, which is not not uncommon in most species based on variation in genetics. So the, back then, it was, you know, it kind of got ignored. I mean, there's photographs of it online that have been shared. And, um, you know, and then it wasn't until years later, I mean, like a, type Ds were first described um, as a form of killer whale in 2011. So that's, wow. quite, yeah, that's years, years later. Um, and the difference are is that they... They're a medium-sized killer whale that, you know, is mostly found uh, in the open Southern Ocean. So their other name, other than type D, is sub-Antarctic killer whale. Um, so the sub-Antarctic, which is, you know, the the, fr- the fringing area outside the actual Antarctic. Uh, so New Zealand, if you look at the Southern Ocean, New Zealand, the Crozet Islands, um, you know, Marion Islands, some of these, these, you know, it's still very cold areas, but they're not Antarctic. Um 
and they have a, a bit of a bulbous rostrum. So the rostrum is the head of the uh, head of the orca, and it almost looks like a beluga whale in in many ways. Uh, very a bulbous rostrum. They have a very tapered facet dorsal fin that curves back. It's very pointed. Um, and the most distinguishing characteristic I find is the eye patch, or what we call the postocular patch. And it is very small in size compared to any of the other killer whales. It's almost not there. It's very beady, small. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's just a couple of the characteristics you can tell. Man, I would love to see one of those, but you have actually been one of the lucky few people to actually see that. Now, you talked about your um, the National Geographic um, special that you were working on. Um, was that when you first seen the Type D killer whales? Yeah, so I joined on as a, an expedition guide slash marine mammal uh, naturalist with uh, Lindblad Expeditions National Geographic. So it's a company that basically specializes in taking people uh, down to these unique re- unique areas and educating them on the local wildlife. Um, I was down in Antarctica. It was in 2018. And in 2019, on my second trip down, uh, we were crossing the a famous body of water called the Drake Passage, which um, is one of the most roughest seas on the planet actually um you know shackleton had to cross it it basically separates um south america from ushuaia south america in argentina from antarctic the the um, antarctic peninsula and it can be a horrendous area to try to go through it can you know waves i mean one trip we were on we had 28 foot waves that were crashing we were on quite a big ship though but still like i mean it rocks and it can gust for weeks on end it's not like a daily storm that can come through some of these storms last weeks and um but it's fantastic if you don't get seasick which a lot of (laughs) A lot of people do. Um, it's uh, I am luck- one of the lucky few that never got seasick, but you can see some of the most spectacular animals in this uh, pelagic ecosystem that's in between, you know, uh, in the middle of the Southern Ocean. And I got to see, you know, you see wandering albatross, which are these, you know, amazing giant seabirds that have the longest wingspan. Um, you get to see beautiful birds that spend their whole lives at sea, um, like black-browed albatross. And um, so we were going across and... I, I remember somebody yelled, we were just actually on the fringe of Antarctica. Uh, we actually, we had just crossed into Antarctic waters. And uh, one of the crew on on the bridge of the ship, uh, we were on the National Geographic um, Orion, had actually yelled out, killer whales. And we, you know, basically ran down. We were, you know, we've been searching for days, spending hours and hours on the bridge of the ship with the binoculars looking for these whales. And... We were looking and we were thinking, the first thing that comes to mind, we were seeing type A orcas, um, you know, because I, I looked through the binoculars, I saw black and white orcas. And all around the orcas, which was really interesting, were these blows of fin whales. And we were really close to, we were about five miles away from Elephant Island, which is uh, an amazing place, um, just kind of with the northern reaches of the, of the Antarctic Peninsula, Elephant Island. It's basically in the Shetlands, very close to the Shetland Islands. And we saw fin whales everywhere. They were feeding, and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting if they're type A's, because type A's are um, mammal hunting specialists, and, you know, they go for large whales like minke whales, could we see an interaction with fin whales. So they ended up, we stopped, and I was looking through the binoculars, and I know my colleague and I basically had the same thing in our head when we saw the beady eye patch, because that's what I was waiting for, because I said, you know, there's got to be a rare chance this could be type D's. And then it, like it rang type D. I saw the tiny eye patch and this, that very sharp pointed fin and everybody just their jaws dropped. And 
and he started yeah everybody yelled type d's and we got to them and um which was really to watch them for a couple hours uh, we got some amazing footage of them some of the naturalists for instance one naturalist had been working for the company for close to 20 years and had never seen them wow. um yeah a captain on board the ship um had in 43 years of his career had only seen them twice um wow. Yeah. And so we, you know, photographed them, collected uh, interesting data on the, you know, photo, photo IDs. Um, a lot of that information gets sent to um, uh, Bob Pittman, who's also a cetacean scientist and killer whale expert in the Antarctic. Um, and who's actually just was the, one of the first people to describe the type D orcas. And we ended up, um, you know, we collected a ton of data. And what was really interesting was, is that the sighting we had, the encounter we had was actually the furthest south type Ds were ever seen. Interesting. Yeah. So um, it was very neat to actually see the type Ds that far south. And um, it was the first time they actually were ever seen in Antarctic water. So remember I said they're sub-Antarctic. Right. This was actually pretty neat. Um, so yeah, it was quite an encounter. Wow. Oh, that would be absolutely amazing. And I feel like for like the captain and some of the other naturalists that was like waiting for the Cubs to win the world series type of thing. That's amazing. So you guys did, um, like photography, um, information and all sorts of research like that. When that happened, did you guys ever get like, um, like a skin sample or a blubber sample or anything like that? No, unfortunately during this trip, I, I mean, the conditions were pretty, pretty bad, but, uh, we, we didn't get any skin samples. Um, there has been some work that's been done um, off of Chile, actually, um, that they did get some skin samples. And it's believed that um, these killer whales could potentially be a new species of cetacean. So wow. that would be, or a subspecies, but um, more work is definitely having to be done on them uh, to try to figure out exactly what where they fit in with the whole killer whale species of course and then so we are just now waiting for some of the samples and everything like that just to come out to be like hey this is a new species or a subspecies are those the only things that we have for research and everything like that on these kids yeah exactly um yeah so there's i mean there's been some most recent work you know trying to just tracking them is so difficult um i mean we don't no idea how big the population is um you know do they span the entire sub-antarctic are they split into different groups that you know, they mostly focus on trying to trying to figure out where they are. I mean, that the Southern Ocean is one of the most inhabitable places on the planet, and it is difficult to really try to find these animals. Like, like I said, that captain hadn't seen them in, in seen them twice in forty three years. I mean, that's insane. And he's been going across weekly to Antarctica on these trips. Um, I got very lucky though. Um, my second trip of the season. I got to see him again. Uh, oh. Yeah, which was really interesting. It was in our way back, and we were in the middle of the Drake Passage, and the Type T showed up again. And wow. uh, yeah, they were being followed by black footed albatross, or not black footed albatross, sorry, they were being followed by black browed albatross. Uh, so yeah, it was the second time I got to see them in one year. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's so amazing. Well, I think honestly, that answered all of my questions. I knew this was going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast because I knew we didn't know much about the type D orca. Um, but of course, this is the time at the podcast where I ask what orca nerd podcasts and audience members can do for you. How can we help you? Sure. Um, yeah, if you're interested, you can follow us on social media uh, with the Transient Killer Whale Research Project. Um, you can also follow uh, follow us on a new. We're, we're actually the Transient Killer Whale Research Project now is becoming a new group. Um, we're now a project within a bigger nonprofit that's being created called Juan de Fuca Marine Research, which my partner and I will be running, and uh, it will focus on not just killer whales but multiple studies in the Salish Sea, um, off Vancouver Island and Washington State. 
and oh, uh, yeah you could definitely check it out there um you know we're always looking for help but donation wise um uh, we're currently trying to fundraise for a, a new hydrophone uh so we can record the whales uh, while we're out in the field and yeah if you've got a chance just check us out perfect and i'll make sure to link that down below and i'll make sure to get your um gofundme page down in the description below for everybody to check out as well oh thank you much appreciated you're welcome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I hope we get to do this again about what subject. We're not sure yet, but I hope we can do this again. Sounds good. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.